My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. Well, good morning, everybody. All right, if you got your Bibles, head over to Second Peter. The notes for today's lesson can be found at OurSundaySchool.com. You go to the Read tab, and on the lower left uh, are some uh, links for you to pick from there. Um, what I'm thinking about today is that if we can finish this text today, I believe we can do 10 through 13 in one day, and then uh, 14 through 18 in one day of chapter 3. So maybe three more weeks in Second Peter, uh, and then I've got some ideas for some fun stuff for the rest of the calendar year. So, All right, so if you've got your Bibles in Second Peter, I'm going to read from Second Peter 1, 1, all the way through uh, 3, 9. <clears throat> Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I'm in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. 
By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly, and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man, dwelling among them, tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment, and especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. They are presumptuous, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. But these, like natural brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of the things they do not understand and will utterly perish in their own corruption and will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who count it pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes, carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Baor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also is he brought into bondage. For if... After they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit, and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 
All right, so let's take a look. Uh, if you've got your handouts there, uh, if you brought yours from last week, uh, that is good. We will pick up from basically right where we left off last week, uh, which was uh, Dead Prophets, uh, which is a neat place to leave off. I listened to the podcast, most of it this morning, and I thought that was a very odd place to stop, but that's where we stopped. So, uh, so last week we talked about, we read the text, uh, we talked about the literary and structural observations, we talked about the most repeated words in Second Peter, uh, the most repeated words in this particular text, uh, and then we looked at verses 1, uh, verse 2, uh, and then verse 3, and we started with verse 4, uh, and we got really through the, the promise of his coming. Uh, and then that sentence there in verse 4 says, For since the fathers fell asleep. And what did we talk about this was last week? The fathers that fell asleep. They're napping. It's like, is this, is this what happened to some of us when we tried to watch that 18-inning game of the World Series? Did anybody else stay up for the whole thing? Oh. <laughs> I stayed up for the whole thing. It was a really good game. It, was, it took forever, but... 18 innings, yes, it was, uh, and it felt like 42, um, so it was a long time. But, uh, but this sentence, for since the fathers fell asleep, so these are the, the, the people that have come before, they have died, all things continue as they were from the beginning. The Greek word there is arche, um, which I think is very interesting because I think most of the Bible is uh, very, the beginning is very connected to the end. There's a, there's a connection here. So since the beginning of creation... Verse 5, for this they willfully, and this is a present active participle, so this is repeatedly willfully. So repeatedly is your first blank in verse 5, and the word choose is your second blank in verse 5. And I don't know if you've ever had anybody, maybe you have, that has willfully chosen not to do something that you have asked them to do, or commanded, or threatened, or bargained, or negotiated, or pleaded, or threatened again. Um, and and uh, this picture uh, reminds me of my sister. Uh, because growing up, I was the pleaser. I was the one that I didn't want anybody to be disappointed. I was the one that I wanted to always do. Like If dad frowned, like I was heartbroken. Like this was, this was bad. And my sister... Uh, she was, she was just not going to do it. Uh, my grandmother, who is uh, now dead, she told my parents on more than one occasion, "You're going to kill her. Like, you can't spank her. That like, you've got to stop." And they're like, "No." Um, and and this stubbornness, this willfulness, this this purposeful, intentional choice. So what did they willfully forget in verse 5? For this they willfully forget. That what? That by the word, this is the logos, the, your blank here is that something said. I know I skipped a blank. What do you think goes in the blank? It's present something indicative. I'll give you two options. Active or passive? Are they actively doing this or is it being done to them? It's very active, yes. So this is a repeatedly willfully choosing to be actively forgetful. So this is not a, oh, I literally, like I really actually forgot. And we've all had those moments where there was a, oh, no, 
oh, I forgot that thing that's really important. This was, nope, I'm going to choose to forget. And I'm going to choose to forget what? That by the word, the blank there is something said, is the logos. That by the word of God, the heavens were of old. And you're like, that's a weird thing to actively forget. So you know what they're doing here? They're denying creation. This is what this is. This is an active, intentional, purposeful denial of creation. Because if you go back, so in my class, this way is the past and this way is the future. But if you go back that way, as far as you can go back, as far as time exists, you get to nothing in the universe, right? And, and you are going to have to come to choice at some point in your life to believe what created the something that we started with. It's either it popped into being on its own, which, right, big bang, or that God spoke, the word of God spoke the heavens so it's, it's one of the two, and there's really not any other options. It's, it's either God said it, or it just kind of happened. I actually think it requires a spectacularly larger amount of faith to believe that nothing created something, because it's just mind-bogglingly illogical. Uh, like my math brain, Mike, it just, it's, I just can't, I can't get there. It's just, I just can't get there that nothing did something. I mean, it's just illogical. So this is a willful... Uh, repeated, uh, active forgetting of the start of all things. So the heavens uh, were of old and the earth standing out of water. Now that's a, a bit of a strange phrase, right? If you haven't read Genesis 1 lately, because when God made the earth, what was the predominant characteristic of the earth when he made it? Yeah, it was without form and void, and it was very what? Wet, right. It was just wet, right? And, and when he says the dry, he made the dry land to appear, the dry land comes up out of the water, which would have been so amazingly cool to see, right? Can you imagine having a bird's eye view of that, right? The, the word of God, the heavens were of old, the earth standing out of water and in the waters, this beautiful poetry here, Peter has somehow become a poet uh, 30 plus years since Jesus left, which I love, which implies he's read something since then. By which the world, or the cosmos, that then existed, perished. And you're like, wait, what? I thought we were in creation. Yes, we were. And then we jumped about a couple thousand years. And how did the, how did the, the earth perish? Just, there was water, right? Yeah. Um, and I Water is a spectacularly damaging thing. When, when water is where it is supposed to be, it is incredibly helpful. And in your house, when water is not where it's supposed to be, it is incredibly damaging, right? And, <laughs> and the world being flooded, cataclizo. Uh, this is, what does that sound like? Cataclysm? Yes, because it was cataclysmic event, right? Uh, this means to dash, or uh, to dash down is your blank, down. So this water dashed down. The earth, the earth that the world that didn't existed perished. This water that was dashing down 
Verse 7, but the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved. That's an interesting word for preserved because it's a perfect tense there. And perfect tense is something that's happened in the past that continues through the present. So it was preserved in the past. It continues to be preserved in the present by the what? By the same word, right. So the word that spoke, like, Lynn, I'm, I'm going to have to keep walking this way for like a while, right? So we'll just, I'm just point. The word that spoke way back there has preserved the world all up until we exist in it now. That is a powerful word. I think every once in a while when I teach a Sunday school lesson, uh, and Darla usually emails these to me, uh, that there was a sentence that was like, that was a really good sentence in that lesson. Like, that was really good. But not one sentence I have ever uttered, Darla, has made sure that the world was preserved. Right? And this word, this word is powerful. So, that the earth which now preserved by the same word are reserved. So this is another present participle. So this is repeatedly reserved. And this word means to guard. That's your next blank there. To guard from loss or injury. So he's preserved it by the same word and he's reserving it. You're like, that's awesome. We have a reservation. What's the reservation for, Zeke? Oh, for fire. Now, do, I want you to notice as we go through, because this is going to be very important for next week's lesson, how simple the elements are that God is using here. Right? So he has talked about earth. He has talked about water. He is talking about fire. And what does he do with these? He completely reshapes everything with them. Right? I need rel relatively complex tools to do interesting things. God does. Um, but it's this beautiful passage here. They're reserved for fire until the day of... Oh, you just thought we were done with chapter 2, didn't you? <laughs> until the day of judgment. Your blank there is decision. Until the day of judgment. So there is coming a day where judgment will occur... And not just judgment, but also perdition. And this is, again, one of these words you probably don't use a lot in everyday speech. Um, this is ruin or loss, uh, damnable or damnation. The, the blank there is destruction. So the judgment and the perdition of the earth, of these ungodly men, right? So... Do you think that Peter has already described these people? When did he describe them? Back in chapters 1 and 2, right? So verse 8, but beloved. So who's he talking to now? He switched gears, right? He's, he's back to the believers very specifically. The, the verses before were actually to the believers talking about all these other things that are going to be dealt with, right? But beloved, do not forget. Amy, what does that sound like? That's a command right there. That's an imperative. That's your blank. And there's very few of them in Peter. Like very, very few. Which I think must be evidence of uh, that as well as the Holy Spirit had been working on him for a very long time. 
Because the Peter in the New Testament, in the Gospels, was very, very quick to tell people what to do and to offer an answer and I know, I know, here's what we ought to do and to declare something. And this Apostle Peter is much more purposeful and intentional and very, very clear about what is going to happen in the future, but he doesn't throw around commands very easily. Um, feels like there's some wisdom that has worked on him a little. So, but beloved, do not forget how many things there, Doug? This one thing. This one thing. All right. That with the Lord, with the Kyrios, with the Supreme in authority, one day, how many days? One day is, now, I rarely, rarely do this on handouts because I do not like to do it on handouts. But I want to underscore, (laughs) I literally did, I guess. Um, I want to drive home this point of making sure that we read the Bible exactly as it is written. So the blank there is what? As, right, A-S. It does not say one day is a thousand years. It does not say a thousand years is one day. It says it is as. So we're going to go back to... uh, When do students learn this? Like, I perp... (laughs) That... Some of them never. That, that was, uh, yes, I will agree. I actually found, I, I did a Google search on similes. Uh, similes is a comparison of two things using the word like or as, right? You learned this in middle school-ish, maybe. Elementary school, awesome. Um, it felt like it was really young based on the font that was chosen, right? And this drives me nuts right now. So I, like, I did not create this. This was a copy-paste. Uh, But this is really, really, really basic. This is a comparison of two things. This is not an equal sign. This is something that is similar. All right? It's a simile. That's exactly right. So let's look at it real quick. It says that that this one thing, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years. So if we're comparing two things. What what does that sound like? Yeah, they're they're very similar, right? Like this is a really basic answer here, right? That one day with the Lord is as a thousand years. So a thousand years where? Not with the Lord, right? That's okay. So where would not with the Lord be? Hell is one place, or where else would be another? Here, right? Yes, we are not with the Lord right now. That day is coming, but it's not like right now. So what are we doing in this verse, though? Uh, So it's telling us that a, a short time with God is just like a long time without Him. So these believers were doing what? What are these believers doing right now? So we're where in history? We're at 60s A.D.? What are they doing? They're waiting. Yes. So they've been waiting around 30-ish, 35-ish maybe at the max years. And what does Peter give them? See, because we want to read this from our perspective 2,000 years later. And that was 
Like, let's go back and make sure we put ourselves in their shoes for just a minute. Peter's saying that even if you wait 30 times longer than you have already, one day with the Lord is a really long time. This makes sense? Now, here's how this verse, as well as a verse in Psalms, get, gets used. Well, how old is the earth? Well, if you add up the numbers in the Bible, it looks really, really close to about 6,000-ish years, right? So here's one way to think about it. Two days from the creation to the flood, two days from the flood to uh, Jesus, two days from Jesus to now, and then the millennial kingdom is a thousand years long. That's seven days. Seven's God's perfect number. Jesus is coming back right now. You're like, wait a second. <laughs> like, slow down just a little bit. You see where we went wrong there? We said it's equal to, not it's like. You see? So let's be real careful with how we use uh, words that the Bible doesn't actually say. So I got a quote in here for you. Um, she's one of my favorite Bible teachers. She was actually quoted in my women's group on Wednesday night. <laughs> it's a great class. Uh, Jen Wilkin. Does anybody know who Jen Wilkin is? Heard the name before? She's a Bible teacher at the Village Church out in uh, Texas. She says, uh, and I, don't, I don't, can't remember how much of the quote I have in your notes. I'm going to read the whole thing from mine. So helping people understand genre, what are the rules that the human author was abiding by? This is one of her passions. Whereas many of us have been told, oh, we're supposed to read the Bible literally. Right? Anybody ever heard this? Supposed to read the Bible literally? Like everything we read is just supposed to be obvious and apparent to us at face value. That the rule that what we're actually called to do is read the Bible literately. So, so I want us to be real careful here because what I am not saying is I am not saying don't read the Bible literally. What I am saying is watch out for when the author clearly says I'm using a literary technique like a simile. Does this make sense? So we have to be paying attention. We have to be watching and looking at what do the words actually say. You with me? Okay, good. I'm still struggling on this, uh, the with statement, chapter 8, or verse 8, whether that's with, as in the literal sense of being with the Lord, or as in with the Lord, as in ownership by the Lord. That word does not mean ownership. That word is about location. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very, very, it's actually, so one of the things that I don't do, because I like to keep your hand out short. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, I want to show you what I don't include on here. I typically don't include uh, prepositions because they take up a whole lot of space and they, like 98% of the time in any English transla translation, the translations get the prepositions right. Like it's just, this is the real, real basic stuff. Um, and I usually don't include articles because A, like we, we're probably good there, right? And if I did, your handouts would be two to three times longer. Yeah, so. And some of you are already gagging at the link, so I am uh, have to skip those from time to time. Except for Dia, Darla. I love Dia. Like, it's just, it's just, it just, there's that. All right, so 
Verse 8, but beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. He has just been telling them about these false teachers and these false teachers and these false teachers and these false teachers, and judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. This statement is a do not lose heart. Is a don't give up. Verse 9, the Lord is not slack. It's a great word. Uh, it means to delay. Which is... This is where I have to take my math brain and set it aside. And I go, but it's been 2,000 years since you were physically here. It, it kind of feels like you're delaying. And then I want to go, well, like look at the verse before, right? He's not slack concerning his promise. He's not tarrying concerning, he's not delaying concerning his promise. As some count slackness, Jim. <clears throat> right? Because that's how I would count slackness. And the blank there means tardiness. Like you're late. Mr. Goble, God is never late. And I am so glad that he is not late. Um, I mean, what, what if God was habitually late? The earth would have flown apart by now, right? The planets would be going all over the place. There would be major problems. He is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is what? Long-suffering. Word just means patient. Just means I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to endure. I'm going to sit up under this for a while. And he's patient toward us, the believers, the people. Not willing, and this is a present participle, this is repeatedly not willing, that any should perish. But that all should come, or the blank here is to enter, to enter into, or to receive. The first blank thereafter come is enter, the second is to receive repentance. So if we let the Bible comment on the Bible, why is he waiting? He wants all to come to repentance. right? Because he's already illustrated exactly what's going to happen with the judgment piece. The judgment is coming. It is completely and totally a sure thing. So a couple of applications and personalizations real quick. So application number one, what's the point? Uh, and I talked about this last week. So comfort in the present about the future comes from the past. So comfort in the present about the future comes from the past, from these old words. So what do we do with that? Number one, look back at the old words. We have very, very old words. This is our only source of comfort. We could try other things for comfort, but they just don't endure. Uh, application number two, modern false teachers teach old heresies. Whenever you hear somebody say, I've got new truth, I'm going to give you a translator for that. What you should hear is, I have old heresy that I have repackaged. <laughs> like, that's what's going on here. I found new words to describe something that was wrong thousands of years ago, right? 
Um, so modern false teachers teach old heresies. So what do we do with that? Well, number two, under the personalized, rejoice. You say rejoice. Yes. Because it is an illustration that the scripture is true. And that we have the truth. This is wonderful. He did not leave us without truth. And application number three, which really ought to be application number one, if you want to re-number them, the day of the Lord is coming. I say that in as ominous a voice as I can get. Two octaves lower than my normal. So what do we do with that? Uh, repent and believe. And oddly enough, that's the same advice as for pagans. We are never called to stop repenting and believing. Uh, this morning, in the worship service, we are going to go through a practice that is thousands of years old that calls us to repentance and belief. And it's communion. It calls us to look at our lives and see where we deviate from the word of the scripture and to repent. And then to look forward to the coming of Christ and believe that he is actually coming again. And that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So uh, that's the end of today's lesson. Uh, next week, we'll be looking at, Lord willing, Second uh, Peter 3, verses 10 through 13. Now, if you have heard sermons from Second Peter, I'll bet you a nickel they were about one of three passages. The first was that we have everything that we need for life and godliness, right? The second was a thousand years uh, and a day. And the third is next week's text, the day of the Lord. So send me your questions this week, and we will do our best to answer as many as we can from what the text says. So uh, at your tables, you've got a weekly update. If you will read through those prayer requests, pray. After you have prayed, you are dismissed. Thanks for coming to Sunday School today, guys. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.